Welcome back to the Corporate Escapee Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. Today's guest is Kim Laughlin. Kim is a fellow escapee. She spent almost two decades in the corporate world fighting the good fight in what I would traditionally call human resources, where she was responsible for recruiting, training, and of course, the, the people portion of, of human resources. She realized that what she was missing, or what was missing for many organizations is effective leadership, and her experiences inspired her to go into business for herself. She started Cultural Apex Coaching, where she works with leaders from all different backgrounds in both private sector and public sector, including the U.S. Navy, which we'll, we'll talk about, which is really interesting. Um, Kim is a certified health, life, and leadership coach, and most importantly, she loves Mondays, which we'll also get into. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Did I, did I miss anything? You didn't miss anything, and thank you for having me. Awesome. So let's start with why you love Mondays. I, I noticed that before we even met in your profile and it caught my attention. So if you don't mind, why, why don't we start with that? Actually, I said it when I was doing a, uh, I was at this uh, HR group and I was doing a presentation on, you know, staffing and, and why people were running into some issues. And I said, you know, I, I, I left the corporate world. Lo I, you know, my job was great. It was great, but it took its course. And I knew what I learned in that, that role to take it onto the road and doing what I loved doing. And one of the things I was missing was not doing what I loved doing anymore. You know, we, we forget that we stay there because it's what we've always known. And I said, you know, I finally love Mondays. And I said it to myself and got goosebumps. And so I said that that was impactful for me. So, you know, you don't have to not enjoy yourself going to work. There are ways of making things better for your employees and yourself as a leader. Um, and there's, and that's, that's why I do what I do. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I even, um, I like mornings now, right? Cause usually in the corporate world, you're like, oh, I gotta get up, gotta go to work. Now I actually look forward to getting up and, and getting these things started. So I think that's definitely one of the big benefits of, of exiting corporate and, and starting your own thing. And so well, for the audience, why don't you share a little bit with, um, what you're doing, who you work with today, right? That you get to do the best, you know, parts of what you like to do versus what you're doing in corporate. And then we'll get back into your, your journey a little bit, because I think it's always helpful for people to understand, you know, how you did it. Um, what I do today is, and um, we'll start with like what I'm doing now and who I'm doing it for. And the pain points I typically hear when I'm talking to prospects is I've got wonderful, talented people. They've grown within the organization, Right. They're tactically spot on, but the people part is where we're, we're, we're a little bit challenged. And that's the piece. Tactically, you have to have some tactical skills. Some, some jobs, you can learn them on the job, and I get that. Um, but the part that's often misunderstood is the importance of the relationships you have with your staff and your peers. That is under the cloak of what I work with, mostly under communication. So I know communication is a cliche, um, but we often, just as an example, we often don't have the difficult conversation because we're in fear of how it will go. We don't want it to impact the employee's productivity, whatever the case may be. But there's still this like nagging issue. And it's our own fears of why we're procrastinating on that. So I, t I work with leaders to get them out of that bubble and be able to use the right words, um, approach the certain way, because, I mean, we're all social beings. We do care. There are some people that will not care what someone thinks. They'll say what they have to say, and that's fine. But there are more consequences to that behavior than there is others. So that's, um, I, I'm teaching people to have productive conversations with their staff so that 
there are no surprises. There is no, oh my gosh, what if, what do you mean? You know, there's expectations are set, but those kinds of things that just tamp down the angst of going to work sometimes. Yeah, no, and it's great. I think it, it is a gap, right? And my, my bigger companies, even some of the smaller companies I worked with, nobody really focused that or teaches, right? How to have those conversations. Some do, and it's, it's natural for, for some, but not for many. Um, so from let's so let's take a quick step back. So you're, you're in corporate, realize there's more, I want to do more. You know, what was the tipping point for you that said, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own. I think I can be one more effective. What what was the, the tipping point for you? That's a good question. So I would do, um, I would go into a lot of, you know, when I was in head of HR, I would, you know, attend certain HR, you know, events and such. And it seemed like there was that conversation was, it was like Groundhog Day. And I would have, you know, like, let's talk about this because I'm naturally, you know, a nurture. I like I like people to get along, um, and it frustrates me when they don't. Because selfishly, I was recruiting for positions that didn't need to be recruited for because they they couldn't do the job anymore because they didn't like the people they worked with or for, and it was unnecessary replacement. So I was having those conversations, and you know, a lot of of them said, "Geez, you should do this for a living," and I thought maybe I should be. Um, they were starting to grow the company I was with. And I amicably, I said, I don't want to grow with you. Although I, I love that you're growing, but I, I'm going to help you fill my position. And I want to go off and do this because I knew I didn't want to wait until I was retired to enjoy my week. Life, <laughs> right? Life, yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so, you know, one of the things when I first started, when I pivoted the podcast a while and started having conversations with folks that left corporate, you know, I thought the vast majority would be financially driven, right? You can make more money, right? It's uncapped, but I found it's, it's not, I, I talk about the three F's all the time, freedom, flexibility, and then the financial independence and financial is important, but it surprisingly wasn't the top for almost everybody that I've talked to. So I always like to ask, you know, at that point, it sounded like you wanted the more, more of the freedom and the flexibility to work on what is that kind of what you're trying to find that balance? It is. And I'm going to, and I think this might be a little woo-woo for some people, but it was such a nagging thought in my head. I couldn't, it was making me pay more attention to what else I could do than be the most effective HR representative for the organization. I wanted to make sure that I didn't burn out by staying somewhere where I knew I, I wasn't going to. And I, my husband was incredibly supportive and all that. And I, and I, I did prepare ahead of time, you know, put some money in there so they give myself a little leg up. But I also knew in my business, I knew what I could do, but I also knew what I didn't know. And I got help talking to folks, doing some, you know, sales and prospecting and things like that and how to find the people that needed my help. Yeah, so, that's yeah. so much good value. I hope we can dig into a little bit of that because I think that's the, the folks I talk to that are still in corporate that are ready to get out. A couple of their biggest fear factors is, man, I don't know how to sell. I, I don't I'm like, you know, you really don't, right? You're more of a problem solver than a seller. But hearing yeah, that you were planned. So what kind of, what was your plan and what were some of the, the tactical things that you did to start preparing your, your business? I got real with myself, which is what I expected the leaders to do in the organization I was in. And it was, okay, what's the real situation? This is kind of what I want, but how do I get there? So you have that target and then you have to make the plan. And so what it is, is create this blueprint for yourself. And, and there's one rule that you cannot wave from is number one, be honest with yourself. 
You can want to do something all day long, but maybe it makes sense to have a partner to help you do the stuff that you don't like to do and not good at, and they love to do and they're good at, and you can combine. You can look for that. But if you're honest with yourself and you say, I hate sales, because I'm not a salesperson, but I have this amazing mentor. Um, he's great. And he said something to me. He said, you're not selling if it's something they need. If, if it feels greasy, then it, then it is. You're, you're trying to just to take advantage of someone. And I would never do that because it's just against my moral compass. So how do I let people know about what I do? And so you can take it as an opportunity to get in front of folks, start doing some teachable moments of what it is that you have so that they can see if they have a pain point and start with that. And also, you know, if it's a financial, like, oh, I'm not sure, you can't let go of that original trapeze to get to the next one, right? It might make sense to start putting some money aside with some bills that you can take care of for a certain amount of time to give yourself some ease with that. That is something else I did talk to someone about. And she said, that's exactly what the only problem is, Kim, is that unsure factor with them. Will I sell enough? Will I make enough to make up for? And I said, then you need to put that money aside, still do what you do, but have, have a plan and, and don't waver from that because I'll tell you something. I, I wasn't miserable at my job. I just, I was done. I was, I couldn't wait to get to that next step. And I did what I could do to do it. And I will say my husband was amazing support. So that helped a lot. Yeah. It's kind of a reoccurring theme when I I talk to folks is the support is, is, you can't do this alone. You really can't, right? Whether, or if you're fighting upstream against your own, you know, partner, spouse, whatever it is that it's going to make it really difficult to do. It's got to be buy-in and even friends, right? If friends doubt what you're doing, you're going on your own, you're giving up your, this great corporate job, you're crazy. I'm like, oh, maybe not. But I love what you said about the plan, right? What what do you want and have a plan is so important. I mean, when I left corporate, I didn't necessarily do that. And it took me a while to wing and figure out, you know, what it was and it's okay. You can pivot. You're going to learn as you go through the process, but there's definitely certain things that you talked about that make it easier as you to look through that transition. And, and quite honestly, you said trapeze. I love that. I use the, the tightrope between, you know, people think it's between skyscrapers and the fact is it's probably only 18 inches off the ground. If you fall, you can always go back to corporate, right? But I don't like that mindset. I'd rather have you try everything you can to make sure you can make it on your your own and, and do it. Because I think there's just so many cases in where I, I keep coming back to folks is the experience, right? You have two decades. I have almost three decades. The people can learn from what we have. There's people with zero experience or two years experience that have built successful businesses. What are they teaching people, <laughs> right? They don't have any of the wisdom or the skills that, you know, we've kind of accomplished. So I, I love the, the the path forward that you took. And yeah, it, it's not easy, but man, the, the rewards on the other side are huge. Yeah, I will say that that's the mantra for my my leadership coaching because it is lonely at the top. I, I don't care what anybody says with leadership and, and people that are responsible for others' performances because you don't want to be judged. You don't want you know someone to know that you're being weak. Vulnerability is, leaders out there, please, vulnerability and accountability, two words that you need to understand. But find somebody that can help you with that journey. I am heavily supportive with my clients because I was, you know, helping somebody um, on different hours that they they needed the help. That transformation happens between the sessions, and to help guide them to where they need to be. Sometimes just that support is all you need. 
and the golden handcuffs aren't always enough to keep you where you are. I ask people, if you don't change what you're doing, you're unhappy, what does your next six months look like? And they said, it's 100% misery. I'm like, okay, if you don't do what you're doing now and you decide to make the change, what does your six months look like? Well, it's about 50-50. I'm like, I think 50 is better than zero. <laughs> exactly. So um, I heard that on a podcast. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, but I used that with one of my clients and it was you gotta, you gotta just take the chance sometimes because it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay, but don't regret not doing it. Yeah. I've always looked at it. I wish I would have done it earlier, but then I don't like to look back. I mean, I probably, maybe I wasn't ready for the time. And I think the pandemic has helped set the stage and it's more open because I think your business is mostly coaching, right? You don't do much fractional or. No, I do the coaching, the group, individual on site, you know, that kind of thing, whatever the client needs. And what their pain points are. Yeah, so sense. yeah, so there's not a fractional component to me. Which is, which is again perfect, right? You knew where you were going to play, and I think that's the other thing people get hung up on. Like, oh, am I going to consult? Am I going to coach? And am I going to do? Again, pick one first, test it, and then see if you enjoy what that that aspect is. Like, I'm accidentally getting into, not accidentally, I'm moving into coaching just because of it was a natural progression of where the, the business has gone. And I, I love the one-on-one piece of it, right? But if I would have tried that out of the box, it probably wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked based on maybe mindset or skill set or, or what I've learned. But yeah, like I said, just get the momentum. You be open to that. Yeah. You know, it's, you don't have to have this rigid goal. It just, just have something to keep going. And whether you hire a coach or a support person um, of any kind, I think it's important to kind of, but know that it's okay to take a left and a right once in a while, because as you go, it can be fluid. You can say, like you just said, I, I didn't think coaching was going to be something I did, but I'll tell you something. I can get to more people and I can get them to um, open their eyes a little bit more and make them happier as, as they choose to make decisions. Yeah, no. So that can always change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. I read something again, I always like pulling data from one and applying it to something else. And it was an article on UFC ultimate fighting champion. One of the originals, I think it was Ken Shamrock and he had a training ritual that he called, I think it was plus people out there in order are going to get mad that I'm going to get this wrong, but <laughs> I think it was plus minus equal. And I kind of apply that to our mentors and journey so that you find somebody that's plus just ahead of you of where you want to get to. So, you know, been doing a year or two years longer, somebody that's your equal that you can share the horror stories, the good, the bad, you know, what share what's going through. And then somebody who's behind you or in your journey are that you can share some of the wisdom that you had. I'm like, God, that sounds so simple, but it's, it's, it's so true. I mean, at least I love your perspective, if that makes sense, because then you're kind of getting it from all three areas and not just you going out solo trying to figure it out. Right. Well, it's easy for us to say the, what if it doesn't, what if it, what if I don't, what, so what if you do, what does that, how does that make you feel? So is it worth it to you? I mean, even if you go and look for a new job, somewhere else. Think about what it, what could be. Yeah. Right. And you can always work towards that. It's really easy to get into that negative self-deprecation. Ugh. Um, and I chose, I chose not to because I knew how happy I would be. I knew it. I felt it. Um, some people need a little bit more help with that because, you know, bills need to be paid. Maybe they're the breadwinner. Maybe they're the benefits holder, whatever. There is a plan you can make to get there. Find somebody to help you do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's been interesting in this sense because you mentioned finding another job. You know, one of my taglines is like it's easier to find your first customer than your next job. In a lot of cases, look at all these layoffs that are a lot of fo- folks are forced now into making a decision whether they. Well, the mo- I'm going to guess 90 percent are looking for another job and not considering what are the alternative paths. But that's my mission in life now is to get people just consider it. If you love your corporate job and you like everything about it, more power to you. Do what you like to do, but if you're not happy, there there's other alternatives out there for you. And you know, I like I said, in some non traditional roles, right? I mean, coaching is there, but I met I met a manufacturing and ops guy who's going to come on the podcast. I'm like, I didn't know you could do that fractionally, but he's figured out how to. Oh, do absolutely, it. yeah. I, I I've worked with some fractional folks when I was in HR, and it was great because you filled a void for the time. And it was perfect for them and perfect for you and and such. It's not unlike working for yourself. You know, yeah. it, it's not, it's just a little different. And so if that helps them a little bit more, you know, and that's, that is consulting. I talked to so many people. I, I love meeting and talking to new people that have um, either been in business for a while or getting into business with the skill set that they have, because they've always given that glory, which is you get hired by a company and you want to do your best for them. And I get that. But why don't you make some money for yourself? It's so rewarding, but you know what? It isn't easy. I'm not going to lie, but it is worth every single second of it. I don't mind when every kitchen's closed, dinner's done, and just hopping on the computer just to make sure that um, I get back to a few emails because I, I love what I do to the point where I need to make sure I'm offline enough. Yeah. And the other thing that was surprising once I finally got into it is how much more time you have wouldn't incorporate just the number of meetings that you're in, right? The one-off, if especially went back when we were in the office, but even now with Zooms and one-on-ones, the actual amount of time you have in a day to get work done is not a ton. And it's really hard to schedule it. And one of the things that I found most beneficial when I went solo is the ability to, to calendar and block your day or schedule your day and get make sure you're dedicating time to get work done. So Again, back to the freedom and the flexibility. You want to do something on a Thursday afternoon, you know, go do it. It's your, your... And, you know, I'm a mom of two daughters, one's 20, one's 16. So I had the years with them where I could work around that. Um, it's not always easy, but you you do what you can. I was at the game. I was at the practice. I came to the play, the, all that stuff. And I don't regret a second. Yeah. No, I shouldn't have to ask permission to attend my daughter's whatever. And so... Um, there were there are some bosses of organizations that are not sympathetic to that. I experienced some of that. I won't lie. And you asked what my biggest motivation was. I got to be honest. That was how can I be there for my my kids more, and that might mean a job closer to home. I took all the options yeah. and put them on a piece of paper. I kept going back to owning my own business, but know that it's all on me, not just showing up and getting a paycheck which would have been the easier route for me. That would have been the easier for me. Maybe let's talk a little bit. And once you get started, you get your first couple of clients. Now, how do you get new business? Is it referrals? Do you have a, a system in place to do it? How, how, do you, how do you do that? Well, like talking to folks like you, Brett, and trying to get the message out there, um, how to contact me, I, you know, how to have a conversation. If it's a fit, great. If it's not, that's okay too. That's how I sell. It's not selling. It's um, let's have a conversation. And, and do you have pain points that I can help you fix? That's done. Um, the 
network group that I'm part of is, is wonderful. I get a ton of referrals from my, my, my current clients. I pour into them. I, and I'm not just saying that I really do because I care. This is like a little self-deprecating that I'm constantly surprised when someone says, hey, so-and-so gave me your name. Can we have a conversation? But it also fills my heart because not all of them were fits. Um, I've walked away from certain ones that just, you're not ready. You're not quite ready yet. Because um, I want to be able to give good results. So there are some qualifications on my side as well. And um, it's, I, I have to say that, and I, I, LinkedIn has been a wonderful tool, but I use it as a teachable moment. and. Word of mouth is wonderful too. Yeah, so. it's surprising, and maybe not surprising. The networking piece is is huge, and it. And to your, to your point, it's not like when I'm having conversations with folks, I'm looking for business or referrals. But it's amazing how just having the conversations, thinks, oh, I should introduce you to this person. Just in the last two weeks, I've had probably three different conversations that's going to lead to business one way or the other, just based on getting to know somebody and how. Giving the this network of solo business owners is right. I mean, I think we've all come to the realization we don't need a ton of clients in order to be successful, right? We don't have to have, you know, a thousand people. If we get 10, 15, 20 just total, that's going to be more than right than, than we can manage. And so so I think when you keep that in perspective, back to the fear of selling, you're right. It's it's not selling. I, I like to think of it problem solving, right? It's the give before you get. Yeah. Um, come with it. That is our mantra. And I might, you know, I, I might meet people that I would never have met because they just kind of thought of me with something. And we had a conversation with the person that they knew that they knew. Yeah. And, and that's all about, you know, just chatting, understanding who they are so I can help them out as well because it is a two way street. And I'm very intentional with my talks. Um, I write down their skill set, how they are from a personality perspective. And and I've referred a ton of people, even to my own clients, but I would never do it unless I was comfortable. Yeah. So. Isn't it kind of freeing to be able to say no to somebody because it's not a good fit? I know in the early days, I'm like, oh, I, I could do this. I could do this, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And then yeah. just not. And it's okay early to get, to get started. You may do charge a little bit less or do a type of work you may not want to do full-time, but it gets the, the momentum going. But eventually you've got to stick to... Yeah. And you find your niche with the network too. I mean, you have to... Not all networking groups are fit for everybody. Everybody has a place where they do best. And um, you know, try it out. Go out and don't assume it won't work. Just go give it a shot and have some facts behind your decision of whether to stay or leave. Yeah. Optimism so. doesn't cost you anything, right? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It's, it's a, very inexpensive. I tell, <laughs> you know, my wife's kind of the other way. She's more of a pessimist by nature. I'm more of the optimist and it drives her nuts sometimes. And I said, look, if, if it's out of my control, right, I can't do anything to change it. I might as well think about it positively versus the negative. Why would I default to, to negative? Thankfully, maybe I'm just wired that way. So it makes life <laughs> but easier. But she's like, well, you're not a realist. I'm like, well, if I can't control it, there's no real, right? And so, I don't know. I'm always more optimism and surround yourself with people that are optimistic and positive and good energy. And that's the other big change I think I've had in the last three years in corporate. You don't pick your your teammates for the most part, right? And so, so I've been very fortunate in some organizations to really like the team. I'm still really good friends with, with some folks. But then there's others. You're like, oh, man, it's just... This isn't, it's not, this is not who I would choose to surround myself with. And I think that's an underappreciated benefit 
of you know going solo is you get to pick and choose who you spend time with and you, you right. kind of mentioned yeah, i work with leaders all the time that's the struggle they have is it's like static electricity with certain people and we have that in all of our life family friends wherever the grocery store um <laughs> you can stand next to someone and be like i don't know what it is but there something's wrong but you know it's it's how do you and again being in the corporate world either you try to make it work for the better because it's not healthy. I call I call good leaders the new worksite wellness because I am a, a certified health coach, as you mentioned, um, from a behavioral standpoint. And I'd say, you know, leadership is the new worksite wellness. I mean, they have the power to make people utterly miserable or really, really happy. Um, so, you know, what's what's it worth to you? Yeah. For productivity, let's give it a shot. It's not easy. No, it's, it's not. not easy, but it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Um... Yeah, like I said, in the new leadership, I think too. I had was having a conversation earlier this morning with uh, more of a. He's more of a personal leadership development coach individually, and you know we're talking about you know what's what's the future look like, right, with leadership and young leaders, and are they getting mentorship with everything being remote? I think it's maybe leadership development was lacking to begin with. Now it's going to be a vacuum. Are you seeing? I mean, I'm just kind of curious from your perspective how. How can companies address this? I know we're a little off topic, but I'm curious. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, very quickly. There's a couple of things. I always read between the lines with certain conversation. So number one, do you trust your employees? If you have to micromanage, it's either an insecurity in yourself as a leader or you didn't hire someone that you trusted. You know, um, there is a certain discipline that you have to have with remote employees. But is it results oriented and are they producing results? Okay, they are then we have to have this conversation about you as a leader. Let's figure out how to communicate better. That'll make you feel better and also make your, your folks not feel so micromanaged. Again, that's what I get into with whole, like how to cross-functionally work with different personality communication styles. Not to get all technical about that, but it is a real thing. And so we, we deep dive into stuff like that. The pandemic, that was a Pandora's box. And that was a lot of the coaching around with, with the leaders from my, of my clients at the time. They panicked because they didn't see them. They didn't come in at nine o'clock, didn't leave, you know. So there was, so we, they were becoming aware of the new landscape of talent. And it really comes back to, okay, you as a person, where is it that's triggering you? Why is it happening? And is it really them or is it you? And maybe the process needs to change, whatever the case may be. But it is changing. Some people feel like they're not doing work. And those are just conversations that we peel the onion. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like I said, I think yeah. you're going to be busy for a long time or as long as you want to be. So so what's, what do you think's next for your business as this evolves, pivots? Is it just going to be more of the same? What I have planned is a mastermind that I want to have for leaders that want to come and have confidential conversation with seven or eight of their peers. It's not for form for complaint, but it's a place to come in and, and literally work on those people problems. And I'm holding them accountable so that they do get to a resolution because we don't like a lot of change, never mind drinking from a fire hose. So how about if you do one thing, you know, find somebody that you can talk to about it with resolution in mind. Yeah. And that's what my mastermind's going to be doing. I, I call it the cultural rehab lab. I love um, it. And it's, no, it's a great idea. And I think that's one of the other beauties of the solo is you've got multiple revenue streams, but there's different ways to help and work with different folks. So is there any other words of wisdom you've had would have for folks that are looking to uh, make the escape? I mean, I think you've laid out a really good blueprint. You know what? Act on one step. Just have a conversation with someone. 
that has done it and talk to people that will encourage um, and not list out all the what ifs because they are legitimate what ifs probably, but that's not going to help you because those are, that's just preaching to the choir. Just talk to someone who, just talk to someone who's done it. Conversation, quick virtual coffee as we call it. Right. Yeah. So. And always if you do nothing learning. else. <laughs> never hurts, right? It absolutely never wow. hurts. Awesome. So I think, yeah, you talked about the mastermind. We can throw a link into the show notes for that. And, you know, if, if folks do want to reach out after listening to this, what's the best way for them to uh, connect with you? The best way is my email, kim at culturalapexcoach.com. And you can go on my website if you'd like. It's www.culturalapexcoach.com. But email is the best. Um, comes right to me. And she's a positive person. So if you're curious at all about the coaching and leadership development, you know, reach out to her. So, Kim, thank you so much for for spending the time and sharing your journey. Um, like I said, I think it's it's a good blueprint for folks that are considering it. And I appreciate you sharing. Thank you for having me, Brett. <music> 